Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, everyone. So glad that you're tuning in with us today. We have a really interesting topic. I hold it very close to my heart, and that's how to deal with autoimmune disorders, which a lot of time really fall under your immune function. And we have an expert with us today. We're going to be talking with Kristen Grace, and she's internationally recognized for her, I'd say, integrative and functional health care um, um, expertise, and she's well known for her ability to help people who experience fatigue, digestive issues, you know, and they have a lot of different medical symptoms. And as we all know, a lot of times when we go to a medical physician, they'll treat our symptoms, but they don't get down to the actual cause of what's going on. And um, this is where the information shown part to us today will be extremely valuable. So let's bring her on to our show now. Welcome. Hello, Denise. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful that, that you're here with us. I know that you're um, in Costa Rica right now, so we're very appreciative that you've taken time out of your busy schedule to, to basically teach us some things today. It's a pleasure you're talking about a, a topic that's very near and dear to my heart as well. So I'm very excited. Good. Well, why don't we just start out with, um, obviously, I'm sure you probably know a lot about autoimmune disorders. There's an awful lot of them. Are there any specific ones that you deal with? Well, Something I learned a long time ago is that I don't really deal with a disorder. I deal with the whole human being. Mm -hmm. And to me, a diagnosis of an autoimmune issue or even a full-blown autoimmune disease is a symptom of something else. It's a symptom of an imbalance or a symptom of an immune system that needs modulating. So rather than categorizing people by diseases and diagnoses, I like to think of them as full, whole human beings, and their body is speaking to them through a language of symptoms, imbalances, and dysfunction. Mm-hmm. And when I approach different symptoms and even diagnosable disorders, from that place, in my world, it gives us more opportunity to allow the body to heal. There's something about having a label that can be relieving. I know many, many years ago, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, which has a lot of autoimmune components. And much later, Mm -hmm. I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. And on my quest to fully heal, I was grateful at first to have the label of fibromyalgia or the label of Hashimoto's thyroiditis because prior to those diagnoses, I thought I was going crazy. Doctors Mm. would say, well, this is just in your head. You can't possibly be feeling pain in all these areas of your body. You're so young. So it was valuable to have the diagnosis, and then I had to unlearn it. I had to disidentify with the label in order to heal it. Does that make sense? Absolutely, and I'm glad that you've given us some background on what you've had personal experience with. 
I work there's with a, a yeah, yeah, you know, I was just going to say there, there isn't anything more gratifying than being able to overcome, you know, a dysfunction in the body and then to be able to share that with everybody as, as to how you did it. Because everybody always wants to know, well, how did, how did you do this? <laughs> yes. yes. And, and one of the focal points of my, my practice is to empower people. Because I know it's not easy. I understand that receiving a diagnosis of an autoimmune disease can, can feel very, very scary. Mm-hmm. And that I, I want to empower you, the listener out there, that it's not the end of the world. And it's the next step in healing to me is to get mm-hmm. the diagnosis or to better understand where the dysfunction is in the body and, of course, in my world, too, it's not only in the body. There's other stuff going on. And I know we'll get to some of those pieces in a moment, or I'm hoping we will. And, and yes, it's true. I, I want to empower and inspire you out there, the listener, that there is hope. And that, yes, autoimmune issues and autoimmune diseases are really on the rise. They're one of the number one growing disorders in the United States of America, and there are reasons for that, and we can we can talk about that as well today if it comes up. For myself, uh, I believe we are all individuals, and there's not a cookbook, cookie-cutter protocol for each autoimmune disease, and that everyone needs to be treated as an individual because their biochemistry is unique their lifestyle, the way they think about things, their reactions, their, their old programming or reactive patterns are all unique to them, their situation. And I like to address all of that. To me, that helps bring about quicker healing and even curing. Mm-hmm. So where do you start? It, right. Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question. It can be a little mm-hmm. different for everyone. But let me give you where I went with it and how I help the, the patients I'm working with make that decision together as a team. Okay. So for myself, I was on the quest for answers because I, I wasn't getting them from my, my regular doctors and my naturopaths. Everyone was doing the very best they could with the tools they had. And I wasn't getting the answers I, I really believe I deserve, and I believe that everyone deserves, really understanding what's going on inside the body. That's step one. And to me, in my world, the modality I love best is functional blood chemistry analysis for just this reason. Denise, would it be okay if I explain what that is? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So functional blood chemistry analysis is a very unique way of ordering and interpreting a lab, your biomarkers, getting your blood drawn. It's very unique because our reference ranges are different. Currently, when you look at a lab, the reference ranges on the right-hand side come from a really interesting place. Denise, do you know where they come from? Have you ever heard Mm-mm. this? No. Okay. Uh-uh. Oh, I'm so excited to share this because this was a huge (laughs) eye-opener for me, and I hope it is for for everyone listening. So what happens is every couple of years, well, every year, tens of thousands, even millions of people get sick. They go to their really good-intentioned and knowledgeable physician, and they say, hey, I'm sick. And the doctor says, okay, let's get your labs done, and let's see what's Mm -hmm. going on. So they go to the lab, they get their blood draw. They may only get like 10 to 30 markers checked, which is it's a, it's a standard of care right now in the Western medical model of mm-hmm. medicine. Not bad. CBC. It's incomplete. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, a CBC. Exactly. A CBC, maybe they'll check iron. Maybe they'll check your TSH. You know, maybe they'll check vitamin D if you've got a doctor who's really on top of it. Mm-hmm. Now, those reference ranges, when your doctor is interpreting your lab and they say, oh, you're within normal range, those have come from averaging all of those sick people's labs. Now, of course, every once in a while you get a healthy person going in for a standard lab, but the majority of those labs are performed on people who don't feel well. And mm-hmm. that's 
what we're basing our reference ranges on. So when you fall within normal, your doctor says everything's fine, that's actually based on a very large population of ill people. To me, that's not necessarily the best marker of health. You could be a tenth of a point away from a diagnosable illness, but you're within normal reference ranges, so no one's talking about it yet. Oh, my gosh. Right? (laughs) I was blown away when I learned about this. So as I began studying functional medicine, functional health care, functional blood chemistry analysis, our reference ranges are much tighter And we look for patterns, not just one marker to tell us everything that's going on. We see patterns. It's as if I'm looking at a giant uh, 10,000-piece puzzle, and I'm putting all these little puzzle pieces together to see the internal health picture that you're showing me. Mm-hmm. As our reference ranges are tighter, I can find things five to ten years before someone may have a symptom or a diagnosable disorder. That wow. is real prevention, and it can help us get to the root of pesky symptoms. So that's one place to start, is to, to be empowered and know what's going on on the inside of your body. I like to see almost 70 markers is my standard, plus a urinalysis, and it gives me a lot of direction. It takes the guesswork out of healthcare. Now, what is the test called that you use for the functional blood chemistry analysis? Well, my name for it is the full panel, but if you said I want a full panel to another doctor, It's very subjective. That could be 10 markers or 20 markers. Um, Oh, okay. So it's not that the the labs each name it a different thing. So when I'm I'm, um, looking at a lab or I'm talking to another physician, I love to work in teams with people and other doctors, and we're talking about ordering labs and interpreting them for patients. I'm explaining all these different markers I want to see. And sometimes they're piecemealed out. Sometimes they're all together. When I'm ordering under certain physicians, I have a a certain grouping of them, and I can get them all done um, more efficiently and usually at a a more affordable price because of of how I'm working with other doctors, and that's how I do it. Okay. So you answered my question in that you you still have blood work done through the traditional labs, the traditional blood labs. Depending on, yes. Depending on where because, you are, yes, okay. you would still go okay. to, say, a lab core, and you would still get your okay. blood drawn there, gotcha. but I would be helping create the requisition, so I would be helping order it, or I can talk to your doctor. One of the challenges is with some doctors and insurance plans is they don't pay for it. It's too That's preventative. Right. I want to see too much that is mm-hmm. outside the standard of care, and mm-hmm. uh, so, so then I, I, I order things. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Uh it's it's really interesting because I recently just had um my blood sent to uh a company called um Spectracell. Oh yes, I'm very familiar with them. Great. So, um they're going to be running different panels. Yeah. That's why yeah. I, I that's why I was curious how you go about it cuz I mean that's just one company. Right. I've, I've right. had them and their through panels other companies are a little too. different. Yeah, exactly. There are other companies. The the lab I'm working with draws uses LabCorp um, as their draw centers, and they're all over the place. And, sure. and people would have to make sure that that they have the all the markers that I prefer. Now, if someone doesn't have access to that or they they can't afford all the markers. Usually, even with the 10, 20, or 30, I can give people a lot of information and tips, just not the full picture. You know, for gotcha. example, gotcha. I just looked at someone's lab um, yesterday, and they probably only had about 20 markers. And they didn't have a full thyroid panel, which is imperative. It's 10 full markers. Um, I feel it's very, very important to understanding a lot of what's going on in the body's metabolism and endocrine system. And they had about 20 markers, and I 
I gave her a full page <laughs> of what I mm-hmm. saw going on just with those 20 markers. There were signs of insulin resistance. She clearly had a thyroid issue. I just didn't know exactly what because the, a full panel wasn't done. I could identify one kind of uh, anemia with her called megaloblastic anemia, which could be connected to genetics or digestion. Um, so there was a lot of information that mm-hmm. she received, even though she didn't get the full panel. So don't give up hope, too, if if you feel discouraged that your doctor won't order it. We can still get a lot of information. We can still go back and always order more if you need it. Yeah, I, I wasn't aware that there were actually 10 full markers for thyroid. Yes, Cause typically they'll, they'll just do, they'll do the, the TISH-3, the TISH-4, um, yep. and then they'll run other, you know, but there's other markers they run, but those are usually the traditional right. ones. Exactly, and the and it's not bad. It's okay that they're only running that because that's their standard of care that they learned. Yeah. The yep. challenge is is that it's limited, and there's a bigger picture that I believe patients and doctors deserve to investigate and understand mm-hmm. because it directly influences how we empower our patients with nutrition supplements, and even pharmaceuticals. I know for all of the people that may be listening that have thyroid issues and they're taking thyroid medication, I was in this boat and later found out I had Hashi, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis and am about 95% healed from that at this point. And on the, the on the journey, I'll call it, of, of doing mm-hmm. medication and not doing medication and natural medicines and compounded medicines and synthetic, <laughs> you know, all of that that we go through, nobody did a full thyroid panel on me until I did it on myself. And okay. that is shocking to me. And I see this patient after patient, and it's due to the standard of care that when someone's TSH is, is high, the standard of care is give a T4 synthetic medication or a natural arm or thyroid or nature thyroid kind of supplement that has both T3 and T4 in it. However, the challenge is is that we don't really know the root of why that TSH is off yet. And Mm -hmm. if we're giving a pharmaceutical drug without knowing a root, I have concern. I have a lot of concern that we're not necessarily in the highest service of that patient. And it's no one's fault. It's just the tools that are currently available to most physicians. And Mm -hmm. I want to continue working with them and working with patients to expand that so that the patients are really getting to the root of what's going on and not just doing a Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I I recently um, learned that uh, iodine plays a role in the thyroid. And sometimes, you know, we just don't get enough of it in our systems. Mm -hmm. It's true. um, It's it's something really important that you're bringing up. Iodine, there are different kinds of iodine as well. There's potassium mm -hmm. iodide, there's iodine, and, and it's important to know how to take it properly because if you have an autoimmune disease, if you have Hashimoto's thyroiditis or other autoimmune diseases and you take too much iodine or you're having a reaction to iodine, it can make those autoimmune diseases worse. Okay. And so you really want to monitor people. Iodine is a very important supplement. It doesn't always have to be given orally. It can be put on tissue as well. And that can also be a very powerful delivery system. And if someone's reacting to it, it can be better for them to have it put on their tissue, on their body, on their breast tissue, on their vaginal tissue, rather than taking it orally. It depends on the person. So, yes, iodine is very important. And, again, everyone's an individual. And we need to look at the whole picture before we just go Mm -hmm. out and start taking supplements because we can get ourselves in trouble. Oh, very much so. Very much so. I totally agree with you. Well, let's talk about your um, eight blocks to healing. Okay, great. Well, this really ties in 
to autoimmune issues. And the reason being is that there is something that has happened inside the body to cause the immune system to go berserk or to be dysfunctional and out of balance. And there are factors. Nutrition is a factor. If people are eating foods that they may be sensitive to and unaware that they're sensitive, you can have biochemical sensitivities and reactions to food. Your immune system can react to food and you not know it. It doesn't mean you get a stuffy nose. It doesn't mean you break out in hives. Or it may not even show on an allergy skin test because that's only testing a histamine response to a food or an environmental trigger. So something is going awry. It can be food. It can also be chemicals. You can develop something called body burden. And this is where the eight blocks of healing can come in. So body burden is when we accumulate things in our bodies that push it over the edge of of being balanced and in in fluctuating homeostasis i call it right it's it's never static health is not static there's right. there's fluctuations and change and accommodations and integration and it's important to have those things but when we're pushed over the edge we start getting symptoms and getting sick and body burden can be part of that so there are chemicals in our environment in our foods in our body care products, if we're wearing perfume, we're wearing mm-hmm. hundreds of potentially toxic neurochemicals. It can be in our bedding if we have wrinkle-free or uh, fire-retardant sheets. It can be in new paint or new carpeting or the sealant over tile. It can also be emotional stress. It could be from a car accident and there's a physical trauma. So some of these things are part of our eight blocks to healing, and I'll list them all out, but I want to fully explain body burden first. So body burden is, I liken it, let me give you an analogy. I'll paint a picture for you. We're all born. My very good friend, Vanessa um, Morgan, who was one of my first teachers of homeopathy, taught me about this analogy. She said, we're all born with a standard-issue backpack. Just imagine, it's an imaginary backpack. And when we're first born, they give us vaccinations, and that gets stored in our tissue. That goes into our backpack. And then let's say we were, you know, we were born cesarean section, and there's a compression of the cranial bones because there was a, a drastic fluctuation um, in the pressure that happened during the C-section, and it caused something to happen with our cranial bones. And that little bit of introduction of dysfunction can go in our backpack. And then let's say we get really sick when we're two and we we get the flu and our our mom thinks they're doing a really good job by giving us antibiotics and lots of baby Tylenol and in a way the immune system wasn't allowed to do its job. Well, that goes in the backpack. And this happens on and on. We fall off our bike and we hit our head. That goes in our backpack. We have an emotional trauma. Maybe we have a very significant breakup, and that goes in our backpack. Maybe we have an abusive situation in our childhood. That goes in our backpack. Pretty soon, our backpack is really heavy. And then we get a dental. You know, I know it's controversial, but we might get mercury in our mouth, or we Mm -hmm. might have an exposure to um, another chemical in our our environment. Now our backpack's really overloaded. And our Mm -hmm. system... Our bodies are made to survive. And so it keeps stuff in the backpack to keep us safe and to keep moving forward. We've got to keep growing up and, mm-hmm. and functioning and breathing and our heart beating. And so we don't often deal with this burden in our energetic, I call it our energetic backpack. And eventually over time, it wears on us and it can push us over into immune dysfunction. So the eight blocks to healing that come up often with people that have immune dysfunction, autoimmune issues, fibromyalgia, persistent symptoms are, the first one is scars. And scars 
in traditional Chinese medicine and Asian medicine usually fall over some kind of meridian, which is a channel of energy. It gets severed because of a surgery or because of a, a trauma, an injury. So scars can be a block. In um, neural therapy, which was discovered by the German physicians, we begin to clear the scars and downregulate the autonomic nervous system, which can reconnect the meridian system and alleviate that as, as a burden in our backpack. The next potential block to healing are latent infections, uh, parasites, Epstein-Barr virus, virus, which comes from mono, herpes, infections that might be um, unresolved or latent. They're hidden in our system and they haven't mm -hmm. been dealt with properly. Or Lyme, for example. If Lyme hasn't been dealt with properly, if Epstein-Barr wasn't really ever addressed, someone has a stressful situation, the Epstein-Barr um, flares its head and mm -hmm. now this person has chronic fatigue and they can't figure mm -hmm. it out. Mm -hmm. That can be a block to healing. A third block to healing is unresolved trauma, car accidents, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, neglect. Surgery can be a kind of unresolved trauma. The nervous system can continue to tag the area of surgery as an unresolved trauma, and it can keep part of the nervous system in fight, flight, or freeze. Uh, natural disasters can be an unresolved trauma. Violence can be an unresolved trauma. In our culture, I've found that people are more encouraged to deal with the trauma psychologically, and I love my therapists I work with. I love psychiatry and the psychologists, people who are really supporting the community through these disasters, through violence, through their own personal traumas and issues. And I believe we also need to move that into the physical body. We do a lot of head work, but we don't clear it from the physical body. And I believe mm -hmm. that's a missing piece and can be a block to healing. Mm -hmm. Another block to healing, which can be controversial, are electromagnetic fields, cell phones up against our heads, sitting in front of a computer for eight hours a day, uh, living next to a cell phone tower. There is more and more research about how electromagnetic fields actually alter our nervous system and how our immune systems work. So this can be a block to healing. Another block to healing are heavy metals. There are so many heavy metals and chemicals in our environment right now. There are thousands of new chemicals in the last 50 years that have been introduced and we are exposed to. There was a study done on the cord blood of newborn babies, mm -hmm. and they were testing about yep. 200 chemicals that have n has never been found. These chemicals have never been found in humans before, and they were suspicious. And some really good researchers did their homework, and they tested cord blood of about, I think it was 20 infants. So I understand this is new research, and it's a small group. However, their findings are shocking, and they merit more research. They really are driving, uh, hopefully driving more research in this area because they found that every single baby had more than 100 toxic chemicals found in that cord blood. Mm -hmm. That's shocking to me. These mm -hmm. babies are coming into the world with a very heavy backpack already. And their mm -hmm. underdeveloped immune systems and nervous systems cannot cope with that burden. So we're having all sorts of challenges and symptoms. Mm -hmm. The next uh, potential block to healing are hidden food sensitivities. And I say hidden because they're not an, an anaphylactic reaction. Like you've probably heard of 
children who are very allergic to peanuts and they they have an EpiPen Mm -hmm. with their moms and next to them and they can't be around it or they have an instant reaction and they could die. That's an IgE, immunoglobulin, reaction. It's very acute. It's sudden. But more often than not, food sensitivities, that's a true allergy, food sensitivities are often hidden. And you may not have a reaction for one week, two weeks, even three weeks after eating a food. So if you have a banana on January 1st and you get a migraine on January 25th, you may not be linking it to that banana. Mm-hmm. And these hidden food sensitivities can be a block to healing because they continue to cause stress on your immune system. And there are tests for these. Now, I trust very few uh, food sensitivity testing mm-hmm. labs. I really like Cyrex labs because the science is sound. I'm a bit of a science geek. I don't want to get Mm -hmm. too heady into the Mm -hmm. science of Cyrex Labs and their testing. But Array 10 and Array 4 cover incredible food sensitivities, raw and cooked foods. And the way they're testing it, the technology is unique, and it's not like other labs, and they're really, really valuable. That's great to know. Yeah. I have two more blocks to healing. Number seven are dental issues, hidden or unresolved. I know a lot of people don't like to go to the dentist, and they can put it off for years, but every dentist Mm -hmm. will tell you that your your mouth, your dental health, speaks volumes about your overall health. And there can be hidden issues that a regular dentist may not know to look for, or they may not know how to find them. I really love biological dentistry, I also mm-hmm. have, I have my, my father-in-law is, a, is a, a traditional dentist. My sister-in-law is a traditional dentist. I love my dentist, and I love also working as a team with biological dentists. They help find gum pockets. They can help deal with root canals in a healthier way. Um, they can deal with poorly done wisdom teeth extractions. There's a great book called The Root Canal Cover-Up that's written by a dentist that talks about some of the uh, blocks to healing of 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 having a root canal, and yes. and that can you know hidden gum pockets. I just talked to someone mm-hmm. who has gum pockets. It's it's a latent infection. This right. is a block to healing. The final block to healing are subconscious patterns or beliefs. So what we've learned from psychoneurobiology and and psychiatry is that the unconscious is incredibly powerful. People who are working with Erickson hypnotherapy, for example, they understand the power of our unconscious mind. And it rules about no 95. 95% mm-hmm. of our world at any right. given time. We're, it's almost like we're running on autopilot, Denise. Yeah, and I true. know I've had this experience. Have you had that experience where you're driving? Sure. And all of a sudden, you know, a you're couple gone. miles have gone by. <laughs> <laughs> right? Our like, how did I get here? Powerful. Yes. I remember how exactly. I got there. <laughs> right. Well, it happens in our life. And people don't realize that when you smell something, it could be triggering a biochemical reaction or a neurochemical reaction in your brain that you are unaware is going on in that moment. If you see a certain color, if you hear a sound, have you ever walked into a baker and they happen to be baking a kind of cookie that your grandmother used to bake and you're Mm -hmm. instantly brought back to that memory? Mm -hmm. That's the unconscious working. It's associated right. a particular smell, and you might even feel warm and fuzzy and, and miss your grandmother. It actually brings about an emotional response at times. Have you ever had anything like that happen? Sure, of course. Right? Of course. We all have, right? Uh-huh. And that's our unconscious. Well, our unconscious also reacts to protect us. So there are strategies we have mechanisms that are built into our being to keep us safe. If someone came from a family of origin who were yellers, then 
they may develop a strategy of protection that disconnects them and they just block out yelling. So sound isn't a big deal. They just don't, and maybe they're not good listeners, right? Maybe they just tune out sound and they disconnect. In a way, they're disconnecting from a part of themselves and the world around them and maybe even in their relationships. And Mm -hmm. that pattern isn't something bad to get rid of, but I believe it is something to heighten our awareness around and harmonize because these unconscious patterns can creep into our lives. They're sneaky, and we don't even know Mm -hmm. it's happening. Mm -hmm. And they cause disruptions and disconnections in our relationships and also in our physical bodies and our physical body's ability to heal. So dealing with that, one of my favorite modalities by my very dear friend and Hay House author, Dr. Darren Weissman, is the lifeline technique, and it's brilliant for working with these unconscious patterns, as well as my dear friend Paul Edge has worked with Erickson Hypnotherapy, and he's created this incredible um, system to help people resolve these unconscious patterns that might be interrupting them, but they're in their shadow. We don't, we don't see them. They're in the background. We're not sure what they are. Both of those modalities and, and people are great at helping resolve them, and I know Dr. Darren Weissman has taught hundreds and hundreds of certi- certified lifeline practitioners, and they're easy to find, and, and Paul Edge has created Destination Zero, uh, where he is he's implementing incredible tools. And, and it's something I, too, work with in my practice, working with cell memory and releasing these unconscious patterns using the lifeline technique and, and other tools. Those are mm-hmm. my, my blocks to healing that I've identified, that I've been working with for many, many years to help people who, who are stuck, who don't seem like they're able to get better like there's always something that's creeping up often Mm -hmm. there's one of these blocks going on interesting it's um you know uh, human beings are very complex and um, all the eight blocks of healing that you've discussed i would think they have to be um resolved one by one (laughs) and it probably would be over what period of time it's a great question i actually in my experience they don't have to be resolved one by one okay we can pick back them it depends on the person people don't usually have all of them okay they usually have two or three and the body shows me the labs show me when someone does a two-hour consultation intake with me, I can find them pretty quickly. They're not mysterious to me. I have eyes and ears and sensors for them. I can mm-hmm. usually hear, you know, um, guide people to which one they are or have a, have a really, a really good, um, solid evidence in their intake forms or in their labs to show them or we'll do a couple other tests that'll prove, mm-hmm. hey, now you can see it on paper. I'm not just guessing. This is real. And then it's individual how we'll unburden their backpacks, how their particular mm-hmm. system wants to unwind them, and in what order. That's individual. I, I have worked with some people who come in and they say, yeah, 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 I, I had heavy metals, I did chelation. Or I have candida, I had to get rid of the candida, and oh, yeah, and it just keeps coming back. Well, it's often because of heavy metals. But if we just throw a standard protocol at someone, often we're not really getting to the underlying root of maybe where those heavy metals are stored. Maybe we've just gotten mm-hmm. some of them. Maybe we, we need to do a test once a year because heavy metals will come up and clear from fat tissue at different times of the year as well. If someone loses weight, the body's going to detox. That's a great time to to work with a heavy metal cleanse. Or uh, someone has a, a huge stress in their life. That is not the best time to do a big cleanse when the body is already burdened with stress. We need to build them up more, make sure their other organs of elimination are working properly. 
Just because someone does chelation doesn't mean that their liver and their intestines and their kidney and their skin and their lymphatic system is all, are all supported properly so that they have a successful cleanse. Just because someone did chelation doesn't mean they didn't recirculate some of those toxins and store them somewhere else. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. very individualized. We can piggyback them. People usually don't have all of them. I think scars are very um, easy to treat, so to speak, with neural therapy. We can get to the root of those very quickly and resolve them, often in just several sessions, and, and then that's done. You're complete with that. Uh, sometimes you can resolve a, a traumatic car accident that's locked in the tissues in just one or two sessions, so it doesn't have to take a long time. It depends on the person, their body, their constitution, their level of commitment to themselves and, and to healing. If they have a strategy of protection that is sabotaging their healing, of course it would be beneficial to get to that first. Otherwise, nothing else is going to work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know for me, when I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, I was at the time, I, I, I joke, I'm a recovering type A <laughs> person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm here in Costa Rica. It's much more tranquilo. And that's when I was much more type A. As soon as I got that diagnosis, man, I was on it. And I was, mm-hmm. I was bedridden at times. I was very, very ill for a very young person. And mm-hmm. I was a go-getter. And I had a, a level of commitment, even when I was very ill, to get answers. Sometimes it takes that. For my healing, it took that. And it took me about two years on my path, doing it on my own without the proper guidance to kind of Mm. uh, figure it out, trial and error, about two years to completely resolve all the symptoms of fibromyalgia and never have them again ever. I haven't had... I call them a pain episode or a flare of fibromyalgia in mm, 19 plus years. And that showed me I removed the blocks to healing that contributed Mm -hmm. to the body burden that was part of the picture of my body expressing itself with those symptoms of fibromyalgia. Someone else, it might be six months or a year. It's very individual. It doesn't have to take a long time. How do you how do you handle the latent um, viruses and the infections mm. that go on in people's bodies that are blocking their healing? How do you do that? Well, it does depend on the virus, and so I would be running some tests. I have some tests that I run through Cyrex Lab that would show me if you have antibodies built in your system toward certain kinds of bacteria viruses, fungi, parasites. I may also do a stool analysis uh, with sensitivity, it's called, over a three-day collection period to test for parasites to see which ones to best know what uh, herbs or pharmaceuticals would be best for Mm -hmm. them, working with a, a physician if they needed a pharmaceutical for it. We test for sensitivity to know if that parasite is going to die if we give olive leaf extract versus wormwood versus clove. Why give someone something if it's not going to work for their particular bugs? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I like to Mm -hmm. do sensitivity testing so we're not guessing. Mm -hmm. And once I have a better idea of what what we're actually dealing with, is it Epstein-Barr, for example, then... We can, we can address it. Sometimes it may be with ozone. Sometimes it may be with different combinations of herbs some that are very powerful antiviral, antibacterial, antifungal. Sometimes it may be with homeopathics. Um, sometimes we need to stimulate the immune system by repairing the gut. Uh, and that may be we got to get rid of the bad bugs. We need to bring in the good guys. We need to feed the good guys that we're bringing in. <laughs> we, need to, we need to eliminate the foods that are causing inflammation and changing the pH of the gut so the good guys want to stay living there. There are all these pieces <laughs> depending on the person. 
And when we modulate immune system and, and, and say, hey, immune system, you don't have to be distracted with these other things. We're going to give you a little empowerment, a little boost here with these herbs. Oh, you've got some stress. I see. We've got to deal with that. Now your immune system's working better. Now you can better deal with these infections because your body has the extra energy to do it. That's kind of how I go about it. Again, it's individualized, but does that answer your question? It does. It does. I was just really curious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always have innate curiosities anyway. But um, And then when you said that you tightened up the ranges in, in, in the blood work, mm-hmm. uh, was that through self-discovery on those new ranges? On those no. new ranges? No, it was not. I mean, I discovered functional blood chemistry analysis, but those ranges existed long before I came around. Well, maybe not that long, but they have been around. I cannot take any credit for those. Really, doctors like uh, Datis Karazian and the Institute of Functional Medicine and Functional Medicine Medical University, these institutions and organizations and cutting-edge physicians have developed these reference ranges based on health, based on wellness. That's really interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad it that is. you had those I'm glad that you had those sources, you know, those sources to get them. Yes, me too. And it, and it's so important. I hope more and more people uh can have access to them. Um, there are very few doctors using them and doing really mm-hmm. comprehensive labs and analysis. Um, and, and it's just a limitation of the system, really. I know it. I think doctors really want to help. Patients really want the info. And sometimes it's hard to access it. It's mm-hmm. hard, uh, many people I speak with have never heard of functional blood chemistry of analysis um, or functional health care. And, um, yeah, and, and even some of my dear colleagues who are sharing functional medicine, they're physicians or um, osteopaths or naturopaths, and they're, they're sharing functional mm-hmm. blood chemistry analysis. Often they don't have the time to spend two uh. hours with a patient going line by line. And, oh, it's so, and I, it's I so very so true. Grateful. Yeah. But no, it's really it's very true. I I recently um had the um advantage of being able to do that with nice. a functional physician and I'm pretty well informed on blood work, etc. But I I learned even more. Yes, good for <laughs> I mean, you. I love it. There were so many there were so many markers that were run. I was just like, "What?" <laughs> Yes, good and job, was, great was, doctor. You know, yeah, a couple hours. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I believe that we're moving back into more personalized care. At least this is my hope, and this is how I practice. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. more personalized care often means more individualized. And I I like to do it. I enjoy it. And I, the way, uh, the structure of my practice is is changing as i as i you know travel around the world and i'm giving more talks and i have a book coming out and and so i'm i'm seeing fewer and fewer patients um but the patients i do see it's incredibly personalized and i can take my time with them and mm-hmm. i can create mm-hmm. i call them these these individualized health manuals for them that really guide them through the healing process. We can do one-on-one, in-person, hands-on work with acupuncture and somato-emotional release and advanced cranial sacral and brain techniques and all sorts of things that most most healthcare providers or more, most doctors just simply don't have the, the time or sometimes the expertise to do mm-hmm. all those no, they just don't. And, and yeah. I've been very blessed to have uh, have capacity to really dive deeply into multiple modalities of healing. And over the last 22 to 25 years, I've been acquiring them and mastering them 
and can really uh, dive into my toolbox and pull out things mm-hmm. that a lot of people would have to keep searching for. And I feel so grateful to be able to offer that to to my people and and to empower them to look for it with with other mm-hmm. doctors and to ask for it, to not be afraid to ask for it and and to find. Um, we all have our genius, and mm-hmm. to find people and what their genius is, and then and then go for it. You know, honor that. Use use that genius. Get the magic. Get the healing. Receive the 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 support, the empowerment that you need. And then if, if you need something different, add somebody to your team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how I like to, to work and to what, empower um, my patients. What would you say are the are your top supplements for for base you know, just basic health and vitality? Mm, great question. Thank you. Again, it depends on what's going on with that person. Yeah. Yeah. Some of my top favorites, since we're Talking about autoimmunity, I'll go right into gut repair. And okay. when someone has an autoimmune issue, whether it's just an autoimmune dysfunction or challenge and it's not a full-blown disease yet, or it is a full-blown diagnosed disease like Hashimoto's or MS or lupus or rheumatoid arthritis, for example, repairing the gut is very, very important. And most people that have heard about gut repair are familiar with probiotics. Right. Not all probiotics are created equally. There are mm-hmm. some really good ones on the market. Mm-hmm. And, and it's very partial. Probiotics will only do a little bit unless you deal with all these other things. You've got to kill the bugs. You've got to put good probiotics in. You have to feed them well. So probiotics is one is it okay to mention um, yes, actual? Sure. Oh, okay, I wasn't sure. So one of my favorites is by Claire Lab, and and the 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 remedies I'm mentioning, I have I have I'm not affiliated with Claire Lab. <laughs> I'm not getting okay. any kickbacks from Claire Lab. I I just love their products. Mm-hmm. Um, and Claire Lab makes something called Therabiotic Complete Powder. They also have capsules, but they're less strong. And Therabiotic Complete Powder is a really great starting probiotic for somebody uh, with autoimmune or without autoimmune. There's 100,000 billion, many, many, many um, happy bugs that we'll be putting inside when we take (laughs) the Claire Lab Therabiotic Complete. So that's one. Apex Energetics makes a great gut repair supplement called Repairvite. And I love Repairvite for the first few months of gut repair. It does a great job. I believe that vitamin D is needed by almost everyone. I mm-hmm. test both vitamin Ds. There's the usable vitamin D and the non-usable vitamin D. I test for both on labs, and I write a blog about it that you can Read about on my website all about vitamin D and why we're not getting enough from the sun. We could probably, mm-hmm. Denise, talk another hour just on that. Right, but right. <laughs> I like vitamin D that is a liquid and emulsified in a healthy oil. I avoid the soy, the corn oils, and I like the MCT oils better or olive oil. Great if it has a little vitamin K in it as well, K2. And Apex also makes a really nice vitamin D. It's called Liquid D. That's another one for general health I think most people are deficient in. Yeah, I also have mm-hmm. seen, yeah, I've, I've also seen in labs people need a lot more omega-3s. There's some mm-hmm. debate about 3s, 6s, and 9s and certain combinations, and I tend to stick with just the threes. I think people are getting a lot of the six and nines, and if you get them out of balance, out of ratio with the threes, then you get inflammation. So I like omega-3s for my people. I love Nordic Naturals. I think Mm -hmm. they make great omegas. There's pro-omega product they make or just omega-3 that they make. They have liquid. They have capsules. I think this is a basic for most People in the United States were just mm-hmm. not getting enough omega threes. The next one I would say would be CBD oil, 
which doesn't have THC or active THC in it. It might have, you know, 0.01%, which helps it get activated. Mm-hmm. And it's so anti-inflammatory. It, it works with a certain kind of inflammation in your body. So not all kinds of inflammation are addressed with mm-hmm. CBD, but some are. And often the ones that are triggered with autoimmune issues are. Next. Have you found, any, would, have you found anything for high cholesterol to bring down high cholesterol? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Let me tell you my secrets for high cholesterol. Okay. First of all, high cholesterol is often an insulin resistance issue. It's often not a true cholesterol issue. Okay. And many doctors and patients um, are confused by this. Mm-hmm. And I like to inform readers I'm not a big conspiracy theorist. And no. if you look at history... Mm-hmm. Our previous standards for cholesterol on a lab were 400. That was the standard reference range. As long as you were below 400, you were fine. Mm-hmm. I am not against pharmaceuticals. I think they have a place. And when the statins came on the market, that reference range dropped to 200. And so now the standard of care in Western medicine, if anyone is above 200, the standard of care is to put them on a statin. Oh, my gosh. And a lot of people don't know that history. And um, and, and I want to inform consumers. And I don't – I like Western medicine, and I think drugs are useful. And I am grateful for the pharmaceutical companies. When I have a bladder infection and I've done everything natural – Give mm-hmm. me that antibiotic, and I am thanking that macrobid, and I'm thanking that pharma- pharmacist and, and the pharmacology that went into the production of that drug. I love that. It's important. There is a place for it in medicine. There's a place for it even in natural medicine. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. and I want to get to the root of cholesterol issues and giving someone a drug or even a natural supplement, only addressing cholesterol without getting to the root is a partial treatment. Right. Not bad, just partial. And so people may have heard of red rice yeast. People may have heard of, of different herbs that are, are, are said to bring down cholesterol. To me, it's more interesting to see why it's elevated and get to the root. And usually if triglycerides are up, if LDL is up, if HDL might be low, cholesterol's up, that pattern can be insulin resistance. And as soon as you deal with that, with supplements, nutrition, exercise, cholesterol drops, people don't need medication. Interesting, really interesting. I, we only have less than a minute of, oh, of time okay. left. We've really had a great time. Would you please let our listeners know how to reach you, you know, what your website is, et cetera? Yes. You can find me at KristenGraceMcGarry.com. And let me spell it for you. K-R-I-S-T-I-N-G-R-A-Y-C-E-M-C-G-A-R-Y.com. And I'm having, I'm hosting a beautiful transformational women's retreat here in Costa Rica, October 28th to November 3rd. It is fantastic. And I would love to offer any of your listeners a gift that if anyone's interested in that retreat and they go to my website and they go to the retreat page and they fill out the application, when I'm speaking to you, if they tell me that they heard me on your show, Denise, I'd like to offer them a savings on that that retreat. So just as a gift to who's ever listening, I would like to, to offer that as a thank you for for your commitment to learning more about your health. And, Denise, as a thank you to your people for uh, sharing this time with us. Thank you so much. This has really been a wonderful interview. And I rarely go over 50 minutes. <laughs> and it just, it just really moved out. 
So um, <laughs> please do come back. Uh, you know, uh, we'd love to have you back next year sometime. Great. Thank you so much, Denise. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye for now. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have and follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit Got Cancer? Now What? for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What?